0: Now, on with the show. Five, four, three, two, one, zero.
1: Welcome to episode 58 of the Coffee Break Podcast. My name is Allison Jackson, joined each week by Mike Maloney and Kayla Rodriguez-Santiago. Big news dropping this morning, I don't know if you've heard yet, Tom Brady officially announcing he is retiring again. What do you think?
0: Um, I think he's going to be done. I think, uh, I, I don't know. There's been talk on the sports radio that he goes someplace else, right? Retires and then goes someplace else. Las Vegas with Josh McDaniel, uh, Miami where the Heat is. Uh, he's got a massive contract lined up to do broadcasting for Fox, something like $300 million for 10 years whatever. So he's going to go make money being a broadcaster.
1: I think they're, they're saying that he's going to be one of the highest paid sports broadcasters of all time, which I mean he is the goat, the greatest of all time. So why not add most highest paid sports broadcaster to the uh, resume there?
0: Yeah, I'll I'd be uh, I'd be shocked, I guess. You know, he's been part of his life for so long, and uh, you know, I don't know. Um, I think it's going to be interesting to see the next couple of months if he stays retired. Uh, and I wouldn't be shocked at this point if he ended up somewhere else. But uh, Tom Brady, the goat, and we also talk about too is uh, sports betting oh, yeah. in Massachusetts is now legal. Uh, Julian Edelman was at Encore yesterday, put eleven thousand dollars down for the Celtics to win the NBA championship. On the books, that's crazy. Yeah. When's the
1: NBA championship?
0: Usually in June, May, June time frame, yeah. but uh, that's a
1: if, long time to sweat that out.
0: <laughs> yeah, and you know, sports betting, uh, Massachusetts, the 33rd state in the country to actually allow it. They don't allow <laughs> online sports betting yet because uh, they haven't done that part yet, but they're doing uh, cash only at Encore, MGM, Plain Ridge, stuff like that. So uh, if you're looking to make some money, Placing bets on all sorts of sporting events I and mean, playoffs look? are coming Ooh. up in april so yeah it's definitely a, lots it's to bet on it's funny how massachusetts one, one of the last to incorporate right the last to incorporate uh you know legalizing marijuana and sports betting and mm-hmm. a, lot of, a lot of states making a lot of money on that but it's uh, pretty awesome uh this week's guest is uh jay Conley and tom dion from Conley brothers up in beverly massachusetts uh, they've family-owned we were interesting to learn this fifth generation uh contractors started in 1880 uh, jay said that his parents uh, great-great-grandparents his family came over from ireland in 1860 and started building homes up in north beverly and beverly farms i've uh, been around for 143 years so it was a pretty awesome to talk to him uh, let's hear it from him welcome to the podcast jay Connolly president of Conley Brothers Construction. And I've got Tom Dion here as well. He's the vice president of pre-construction services. Welcome, gentlemen.
2: Thank you. Thank you. Thanks for having
0: us. Well, you know, uh, doing some research to have you two gentlemen on here, I realized that um, that your company is located in Beverly and I live in Beverly. So it's pretty awesome to have some North Shore talent on on the show with us today. But I really want to talk about um, your the time that... Connolly Brothers has been around, right? So, Jay, if you wouldn't mind just telling us about the company, tell us about the fifth generation, I think it's pretty awesome, and tell us a bit about you know uh, the history of the company.
3: Yeah, sure. Uh, thanks again for having us on. And uh, Connolly Brothers was founded in 1880, and um, I represent the fifth generation of leadership here, which is pretty cool. It's a really neat, neat thing to be a part of. And uh, in today's day, we're a construction management firm. We serve the private commercial industrial and institutional markets in the greater Boston area. And, um, but the company has, you know, since it's founding in 1880 has, they started out uh, building roads and utilities um, in downtown Beverly farms and they grew and continued to grow. And, and um, they've had a big focus in the um, residential markets back then. And they actually interestingly did work up into the, early 1900s, they did work as far up into the um, Canadian Maritime Provinces and down as far south as Virginia and, and uh, our geographic area today is quite a bit smaller than that, which is kind of interesting. But um, yeah, it's a, my dad is still very much involved here. He's here every day. And um, I've been working here since 2007. And uh, we've got a really great group of employees. And that's, that's what makes us who we are and we've got a great group of customers and clients and, um, and we've got a we've got a busy year ahead and uh, we're just trucking along.
0: And, you know, when you think about going back to 1880, right, and how many companies are, you know may have started and been gone, right? You've been around for over 140 years. What do you think kept you guys, you know, viable in operation from 1880 through the Great Depression? World War I, World War II and everything else in between, what, sets, what helped you guys get through all that?
3: I think there's just been always been a focus on um, just the long range planning for the company and making sure not, not, not just trying to make as much money as we can on, on one particular project, but to make sure that the company is set up for longevity and for the next generation. I think that's been a consistent theme throughout. And, um, you know, I think each generation of leadership, um, has certainly been faced with different challenges. Um, you know, the, where the world has gone through many changes and the industry has gone through a lot of changes. And I think each generation has, um, been able to kind of adapt and, and accept change and, um, one generation to the next has has been able to um, not necessarily step out of the way, but be accepting of making changes for the betterment of the company and for the longevity of the company. And of course, I've really only witnessed that with my dad, but um, my dad has certainly done a really good job of, of that in, in planning for the future and planning for the long-term success of the company and making sure we're well positioned to move forward. And yeah, that- um, Yeah, and I
2: I think what's important too, and I'm here, this is Tom, and I've been here since 1995, so this is my 28th year. Um, We have a lot of repeat customers too, so I think that says a lot about our reputation where people come back to us time and time again. And that's been helpful to even out the unevenness of of our industry, which is, you know, our industry is very, it fluctuates a lot with the economy. But and I also think it's been great to be part of. I I, I was, grew up in Southern New Hampshire and then I moved to the D.C. area. But then I came back and I think it's been very good for us to be part of the um, Eastern Massachusetts. I think this area is so uh, amazing for the growth and, and the ability um, with the talent that's in this area that it keeps us busy because we're always changing and we're always growing and industries are growing and it's 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 a it's a good location to be in for construction. I think.
0: Yep. I would agree 100%. Now, now Tom, since you've been on since 1995, what are what are some changes you've seen at Connolly Brothers? I mean, what are... What, what- well, I started
2: out with Steve, with, with Steve Connolly, which is Jay's dad. So now, Jay, I don't, you kind of took over, what, 10 years ago? But not really, sort of. <laughs> so I've been going through that change. And so that's different, adjusting to different personalities. Uh, they are quite similar at times, but other times they aren't so similar. And uh, But I've seen the industry changed in that we are so much more dependent on our subcontractors. I think, I mean, uh, I know that Steve talks about the times when they had 300 people working for them, you know, masons and carpenters and all that stuff. And now we're more of a construction manager where we're dealing with subs on a daily basis. And that's important. So that's how ABC has become important to us because that's, you know, they're, they're our lifeblood. We're only as good as our subs are. And, you know, and, and building relationships with them which is what i try to do because being in pre-con i'm constantly counting on subcontractors for you know up-to-date sort of pricing and where the markets are and what they you know good ideas or better ideas for building things um you know means and methods as well as pricing so i think it's been important to develop it's even more important now to develop these relationships with subcontractors because They are very important to us. And that's how you get, you know, good work. And and that's how you keep, you know, you you keep getting good work. And then if you build a relationship with them, you know that they're going to do a good job for you. So I think that's been important for us. And we've (laughs) got some
3: suppliers that we've worked with for, you know, upwards of 40 years.
0: Right. The the relationship that you've built for over the last, you know, 40, 50, 60, 80, 100 years, right? is pretty outstanding. People know they can count on Connelly. Brothers. So um, tell us a little bit. I know one of the things that Colleen Brothers is very proud of is that you were an early adopter of the design build model of construction. So can you tell us a little bit about that and tell us a little bit about, um, you know, how heavily that you do support the Merit Shop?
3: Sure. Yeah. The the uh, the design build model here, I would say, started um, not necessarily intentionally, but about 40 years ago, um, my dad hired Harry Samilchuk, who's uh, still here and, and running our design department today, um, but it, it's always a funny story because he was supposedly hired on a temporary basis, not to exceed two weeks as a draftsman. And uh, my dad likes to joke about that with Harry, but um, he's been here 40 years, and it, it started out as a as a um, as a way of kind of assisting the field uh, integrate design that. Maybe was lacking uh, that we were working with design details and things like that, and and having somebody in house to detail and and take apart on paper particular uh, challenges in the field and assisting the field in getting things built. Um, And I think over time it evolved into us designing uh, small renovations, and and turned into us designing small additions, and it turned into us designing entire Buildings out of the ground, and it's really evolved, um, continuously evolved over time. But uh, you know, so too is the industry. So, um, I think to Tom's point, you know, our reliance on the subcontractor base has continued to become more and more relevant and important. And you know, in the 1970s, we were we were self performing a lot of the work that we were doing. Not every trade, but a lot of the trades. You know, with 180 people, and we had. Um, different divisions within the company. And as the industry changed, so too did our model. And um, today we self perform very little. I mean, we have carpenters on staff, but um, we're primarily hiring and managing subcontractors. So, um, but to get back to the design build model, um, especially in the last 10 years, I think that delivery method has really taken off Um, and it's, it's, It's a great fit for a lot of projects. It's not the right fit for every project. And, you know, one thing we've got is a lot of experience in in that model. And I think for the right customer who understands the value in doing a design build project, um, you know, we've got what we call a true design build here. So we have architecture in-house. So we're producing the architectural drawings. We have registered architects on staff. We're stamping our own drawings and we hire and manage the rest of the consulting engineers for the project, be it civil structural MEPFP um, or any specialty consulting engineers that are part of, you know, perhaps more complex projects. Um, right. And so we have, you know, just, just like our subcontractors, we have lots of different consulting engineers that we work with um, and we, we pair them up
2: based on, you know, the right fit for the right project.
3: And, um,
2: yeah, and so, I think we're a- we're a good fit for a certain like manufacturing too. We've done a lot of manufacturing facilities. So like why I say that is we're always dealing with like, you know, the owners of a company, and, and it's it's interesting to, to, you know, to actually get to know them through the design process and through the budgeting process and then through the final pricing process. And I think there's a, a level of trust that builds up with an owner in that sense. And that's again why we get get asked back uh, back to you know future projects and stuff like that. So, you know, we're going to be doing stuff like that. We've done so many car dealerships with David Rosenberg he, and he's, he's, you know, he's been a wonderful client and his father, Ira Rosenberg for like Jay, I think 40 years and all that stuff. So we've done a bunch of car dealerships, but we've also done, you know, like, like Vicor and Harmonic Drive and Krona, all these projects that are manufacturing things where they're, we're not going to be design building a museum, but the more practical stuff, I think it's a good fit for that sort of thing. And, and, and we um, and I liked working in that in that model as well, because I'm here in the same offices as our design people. So it's 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 good coordination of um, cost and design, because all of our clients, you know, whatever we do, cost is always an important factor. So we have a good sense of you know how to approach projects that are going to, you know, won't cost as much or we have better ideas on how to deal with with cost and and without doing a complete set of drawings and then coming back and having to value engineer and everything out of a project, because, you know, they weren't thinking about that as they were designing it. So I think, so that's been to the benefit of our clients. And I think they appreciate that as well.
0: Can you tell us a little bit about maybe um, how important it is, uh, you know, the importance of being a merit shop, right. And, and how it's helped you in your company.
3: Yeah. I mean, I think we've got, um, we've got a great, group of subcontractors that we work with. And like I said, we have with a lot of them, we have really long-standing relationships that go way back. And um, one thing that was kind of neat on the Vicor project, um, we got the the Spirit award for having the most participation by ABC subcontract members, subcontractor members on the project. but um, we've always uh, heavily supported, you know, kind of the merit way. And we've been involved with ABC for a long time. It's on and off. I think we were involved going way back and we've gotten more involved in the last six or eight years as I've, um, you know, been involved leading the company. Um, But we've, we get great support from ABC. I I can think of a number of times where I've been able to go to the local um, mass chapter, you know, Greg Beeman has helped me out with a a handful of instances um, on particular projects where we've run into challenges, um, and it's just been a great resource. We've also um, tried to do consistently the Meet the Generals event that you guys run, which is great. Um, gives us an opportunity to meet new subs and suppliers that we might not necessarily otherwise have a chance to meet. Um, that are, you know, working and and see the value in in the organization. And um, another thing that you know, talking on the line of ABC. Another thing that I've done over the last two years is I joined a peer group through ABC, which is through ABC National. But um, I'm in a peer group with three other guys running similar sized companies in different parts of the country, get together twice a year. And um, it's really been a phenomenal experience for me um, to be able to have those guys a resource. You know, we all we're all dealing with the same, um same stuff in different parts of the country and we're able to kind of freely exchange information ideas and um really collaborate with one another on kind of the day-to-day
0: issues that we deal with that we all deal with and uh, another benefit right of being an abc member is access to the like i said peer groups which is great because then you know you you can talk to like you said companies around the, the the country that deal with some of the same issues that you deal with. So you're not, you know, you don't, you're not trying to figure something out. Maybe some else I figured out. So congratulations on the spirit award. Can you tell us a little bit about the project that you won it for and you know um, what you did to maybe help win that award?
3: Yeah. uh, The the project was for Vicor corporation um, in Andover. And it was a uh, 90,000 square foot expansion that they were doing um, to their manufacturing space. And uh, it was a conventional project. We worked with GRLA architects um, on the project. And so one side note, we don't just do design build. We have a healthy mix of both design building conventional projects, which has always been important to us. But um, the bike core project we were selected in a competitive bid scenario. It was kind of a fee in general conditions and qualifications style selection process. Um, I think Vicor saw the value that we brought to the table, some of the ideas uh, on the approach to working in in and around an existing occupied uh, manufacturing facility. We have a lot of experience doing that. Uh, Vicor in particular is running um, on and off three shifts, but always multiple shifts. Um, So they're always on. And we were building a large addition right alongside their existing clean rooms, um, and manufacturing space. And everything was, it was, it was a very sensitive working environment to things like vibration dust
0: and, you know,
3: traffic, okay. safety, everything.
0: And how so, many, uh, how many ABC members did you have working together on that project? I would, uh, to off the top of my head, I don't know,
3: but I know, <laughs> I know that we, we, um, we had the most of anyone who submitted for the, uh, right. <laughs> awards this year. So I, I'm sure it was upwards of 15.
0: Yeah. I think I you're guess. right. I think it was 15 or more. Yeah. Um, awesome. So, uh, you know, Jay, you, probably one of your earliest memories was probably going back when dad brought you to work, right? What, what were some of the things, you know, did dad have you on the work site? Did dad have you, you know, lugging stuff around? Were you like a, like a general laborer? Were, were, were you... Actually, uh, he didn't, my dad, uh, my dad always
3: encouraged me to kind of see, see what was out there. And, and, uh, I think it was a, a combination of him and my, maybe it was even a little bit more influence from my mom thinking <laughs> I should get into something else. Other than the construction <laughs> business. She saw the stress levels of my dad on a daily basis. So, so too goes for, for, uh, anyone in the, in the working world. So, um, no, I, um. I certainly grew up going to job sites regularly with my dad. I mean, that was some, he used to take me around. He used to go to all the job sites on Saturdays. Back when, back then, every job, every Saturday was regularly working. Nowadays, it's not every project. Some projects work on Saturdays, but it's not all. But in any event, he, I used to go to all the job sites with him when I was a kid. And um, yeah, I mean, after, uh, when I was in college, we just started talking and um, it was it's a hard thing to, to look away from to and and to not be part of um, this company with the history that it has, it's something that I I always from from when I was a kid I always wanted to be part of. I, I also
2: I do remember a, a nine year old running around here when I first started, and that was Jay and his sister. I hope Paige is what, two years older than you're three years older than you. Yeah. yeah.
0: So I think I think I remember once you punched her in the stomach or something. I remember that happening, <laughs> running around or something. But yeah, you know. Tom, we we nice to Jay back then, Are we like, you know what, Jay, go, uh, you know, grab me a cup of coffee. Well, or something, okay, Jay, and now, we're like, wait a minute, pal, I'm going to be running the
2: show one day. To his face, to his face, it yeah. was. Um, I was nice, but in behind his face, I was <laughs> sitting at his dad. his dad always recalls the story. I was sitting at Steve's desk. For some reason, and I said, "Now this could all be mine if I could just get rid of that pesky Jay." <laughs>
0: <laughs> very Game of Thrones like. Very, yeah, yeah, very, Game, very of Game of Thrones. Thrones. Exactly. Yeah, You're gonna marry somebody off, and then. Right. Yeah, but it ended some, up being good. like Billy yeah. Madison. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It so good, yeah. it's such a great story. I think, like I said, I think it's when you think about, you know, construction companies as a general whole, right? There's not there's very few that I know of at all that have been around as long as for, I mean, I think of 100, 143 years is a long, it's a long yeah. time.
2: Yeah. And I think we, we actually, it's actually quite an asset to, to be part of a family business. I, I grew up in a family business. My dad was a printer and he had his, my two brothers worked for him and all that sort of stuff. So I kind of grew up in that thing and I didn't end up going in that direction, which is sort of what Jay was talking about His my dad didn't force me to go into it. So I went into, you know, for civil engineering and stuff. So I ended up in a different world, but, a lot of our clients, it's actually a very good asset. They a lot of our our clients are family businesses, and they love the fact that they're dealing with a family business because I think that it shows. And I think Jay has talked about it before, where it's you know when we do something, we want to do it right. Or you know their name is on this project and their name is on this product, and they wanted to make sure that it's right. We laugh sometimes where some of our clients that you know we go back ten years later and we call it perpetual care, where we're always taking care of, you know, something that may have come up in their building or whatever, but that's, that's the pride that they take in their work and in their products. So I think that's, that's definitely nice. And I think that goes back to what you're
0: asking. How have you been around so long? Well, I think that's part of it. Yeah. And then, so I, what I like to ask the construction, you know, companies is Tom, what is like your dream project? Do you think, what's one project that you'd love to work on one day? Huh? That's a good question.
2: Um, I think, I mean, just the one. Uh, pretty much, most of our projects are dream projects because, again, I get to meet the the owner of the, the business that they're working with, and like I said, they're usually small businesses, and that's really interesting because they all have a different story and they all have an, an interesting background, and you end up having you develop a relationship with them, and I think that's been the most rewarding part for me is just getting to you know from people like the people at Vicor, which is a you know a, a, I think it's publicly traded company, but but yep. you, I got to meet the people there, and you know the the people that work every day. But like the guy we're working right now, with, what's that? Ed Berman for um, Tropical Products. I mean, he started that, com- or I think he started the company. But yep. you're seeing these these entrepreneurs, and that's that's the most interesting thing. And to help them along is you know we, we help these people most of the time. They're building one project with us, you know, one or two projects. They're not doing this every other day or anything like that. So it's been interesting to kind of shepherd them through the process and. And they are very, very good at what they do, but they have no idea what construction, what, right. how that works. And we try to help them
0: through that process. Same question for Jay. I mean, what's a what's a dream project that maybe you've never worked on that you'd love to work on?
3: Oh geez. Um, well, let's see. We've we've. Uh, I, I think t- I'll, I'll follow what Tom said a little bit, but we've we've got a really great loyal customer base. And I think that the dream would be to, we've grown as a company uh, quite a bit in the last eight or 10 years, and we're continuing to slowly grow with purpose. Um, and I think the the dream would be to just have, have more consistent customers like the customers Thomas is, is talking about. Um, and, you know, to expand perhaps the size and complexity of some of the bigger projects. I mean, our bigger projects get up into the $30 million range. And I know that we're capable of, um, running and managing larger volume projects. Um, but it's hard to break in, you know, when you don't have 10 of them in your portfolio. So, um, we're certainly capable of it. And, um, you know, like anyone, we'd just like to have a few more of them, a little bit more consistent.
2: <laughs> it's it's been really neat too. Also, uh, going back to the Boston or this area in Massachusetts, there's so many people, the owners that we deal with that have started businesses who came here for college, and never left. Yeah, you know, they came to the to the MIT or to the Harvard or all these places, and you know, they they became enamored with with the uh, New England area, and and a lot of our clients and 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 were Jay's dad he knows so many people from the North shore from Marblehead and all these places where, you know, these are people who are very successful and they've built good businesses. And I think they enjoy working with us as a family business and they like this new England area. There's, there's no way they, they could move anywhere else and be less expensive to to manufacture things, but they don't have the the, the talent pool that we have in this area, which is, uh, which is critical for our, for, I think for our, for our industry and for continuing
0: to grow. Jay, the, the people that the people that founded the company, did they come? Did they come from somewhere else and just ended up in Beverly? They just chose Beverly to to, to land. Um,
3: yeah, no, they. Well, it was their parents immigrated here from Ireland in the eighteen sixty. Wow. Yeah, and so they, um, they were actually the uh, caretakers, estate keepers, whatever you want to call it, at a large estate in Beverly Farms. And, um, so the kids, they had four boys, um, and I think there were two girls as well, but the, the brothers, um, got together they were young when they started doing it. One of them was an engineer and like when they're 18, 19, 20 years old, um, got it started and it 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 kind of took off, took off from there. They competed and, and won a contract for the city of Beverly much to the uh, chagrin of some of the old Yankees, perhaps. And um, they did what they said they were going to do, and they finished the contract on time and on budget, and the rest was history. So, I mean, that's kind of the same with today. I mean, the, we always say from from top to bottom in the company here, we're, we're set up and, and we operate to be asked back for our next project. Uh, with right. And that's kind of the key the whole thing for us we want to make sure that we're going to do the next project on any given um initial meeting or initial project with a customer and we have a long track track record to to show that that works quite well i mean we're we're just getting started on a project in a couple of weeks for a customer we've done business with since before world war ii so and that's that crosses over i think that might cross four generations of of um Company of leadership. So oh, I didn't I know
2: about. I didn't know they worked on estate, So that probably I, I was reading I I remember that we we've, we've done eighty projects or something for that. Um, the architect, the landscape architect, architect Frederick Law Olmsted. So we built gardens like that. This guy designed. He actually, I think, he's the one that either is he or his dad designed, like the Boston Common. And, yeah. <laughs> and the, the public garden. Yeah, so we had a niche said, back in the in the late well early nineteen hundreds. We had a niche in
3: in kind of like big public landscape type projects and we right. did yeah upwards of 80 projects with him and that's where we were traveling we did I always remember my grandfather's telling me about um them building the reflection pond at the Belmont racetrack you know which I think is still there I've never yep. been to the uh, Belmont stakes but I think so um yeah
2: and and building and, these man- building these mansions and gardens for the good riches and the good years and all these people up and down the east coast yeah yeah
0: did they build a lot of mansions up on Be- Beverly Farms? Yeah, Beverly oh. Farms has,
2: they they
3: had, my understanding is that they had uh, They had the rail spur and they had all these big wig execs from wherever, New York, Pennsylvania, you know, that would they built second homes here and um, they had the ability to get here by rail Wow. back then. And a lot of those estate properties are still around and it's kind of interesting. We get calls Every once in a while, it happens a couple times a year, it uh, <laughs> seems like, where we get a, we'll we get a call from somebody who's bought, you know, the, the whatever estate in Beverly, and they find records that Conley Brothers did a project there in the early 1900s, and they call us up, hey, we're trying to, uh, you know, replicate these old gardens. Do you guys have any plans from... right?
0: Uh, yeah, we got uh, like an issue with the foundation. guys warranty this work <laughs> yeah, 1, yeah, 123 exactly. years ago. Sorry. Our paid. toilet
2: leaks on the second floor. Yeah, Can expired? <laughs> expired.
0: For those that don't know, Beverly Farms on uh, the North Shore Massachusetts, there's some incredibly large estates up there on the water that are uh, pretty exclusive. So uh, yeah. I, I want to thank both of you for taking your time. Allison and Kayla, did you have any questions for Tom or Jay? All right. So this is comes to the best part of the entire podcast where we call this the lightning round and we insert some lightning sound effects. And we're going to ask you guys 10 mm-hmm. rapid fire questions and we'll probably bounce back and forth. And I guess we'll start with Jay. So we'll ask uh, five each rapid fire questions and uh, take it away.
4: I say both of you answer. They're simple enough. That's fine. All right. So we'll go Jay first. Last song you listened to.
0: Oh, geez. Uh, We we asked the hard-hitting stuff here. (laughs)
4: No No, shame, no judgment.
3: Yeah, it was probably Billy Strings. I listened to a lot of bluegrass, so.
4: Nice, nice. What about you, Tom?
2: It was on SiriusXM, and it was Frank Sinatra singing My Way.
4: (laughs) These are solid. Great start.
2: Good start. Okay,
4: Tom, um, name your favorite of the seven dwarves. Dopey. Jay?
3: Goofy?
0: Is that even a seven dwarf? No. I don't think so. Jay, you better check with your kids. Jay, you better check with your we kids. Skipped, we skipped Snow White, so go with know. Doc. All right. <laughs> <laughs> he
4: says Goofy. Okay, all right. Jay, favorite carb: bread, pasta, rice, or potatoes?
3: Ooh, pasta for sure.
4: Tom, potatoes. Tom, hey, you're rice? Irish. You
2: should have said potatoes. For <laughs> I know, it's I've it's always-
4: potatoes <laughs> all the way through. <laughs>
2: Sorry. All
4: right. Tom, giving presents or getting presents?
2: Yeah, ben- giving.
4: <laughs> <laughs> Jay? Oh,
2: I'll, I'll go with getting presents then. <laughs>
4: <laughs> Got to balance it out. Uh, Jay, what's your favorite carnival food?
3: My favorite what?
4: Carnival food.
2: Oh, fried dough.
4: Yes. Tom?
2: Um, sausage and sausage sub
4: okay uh, yeah because a lot of carnivals have like very solid sausage pepper and onion subs exactly i will, I will accept that answer made by, <laughs> but made, also, by
2: made, made by bianco and sons who we did a project for Ooh, the good. only oh.
4: only place to buy sausages on the north shore
2: That's so great. right
4: um okay tom if there's a spider in your house do you kill it or set it free set it free jay uh
3: they're dead
1: me too.
4: Yeah. All right. Jay, would you rather wake up to an air horn blowing in your ear every morning or wake up and have to run four miles?
3: I would prefer to run four miles, I think. Okay,
4: Tom? Same, same. <laughs> uh, if Tom, I could
2: run four miles.
4: <laughs> I know. I feel like if it was, if it had to come down to it, you probably could, like a survival skill. Oh,
2: I have, but that was about 30 pounds ago. So
4: <laughs> I hate running. I don't care. I do too. I loathe I, it. I don't care if it's the perfect weather for it. I won't do it. Um, okay, Tom, when you travel on an airplane, do you use a neck pillow?
2: Absolutely not.
4: Really? Ooh, interesting. Okay, Jay, what about you?
2: Yeah, no way. Right. Wouldn't be seen with one of those. I don't even think I know how not. to use it. I've tried to use it before and all it does is make me feel weird. I, I don't even think I know how to use it.
4: <laughs> you you go like this. <laughs>
2: Right. So, plus, and it's on. Plus, I'm not a big fan of flying. So I'm just like completely on pins and needles the whole time. I'm not going to sleep fair.
4: anyhow. So. so you can't relax. So it's exactly. like, why? Bother well, yeah. maybe
2: with a little help from narcotics, but that's about it.
4: <laughs> bleep that out.
2: bleep. Yeah. <laughs> Edit it out. Oh, no, they were prescribed. <laughs>
4: <laughs> you heard it here first.
2: Yeah.
4: Um, Tom, what temperature do you like to keep your thermostat at? 70. Jay?
2: 67.
4: All right. Jay, final question. Do you own a bicycle? Absolutely. Tom?
2: Absolutely not. <laughs> let me tell you why. Because I did the, uh, once I did the, uh, years ago, I did the Boston to New York AIDS ride. And I, I said, as God is my witness, I will never ride a bike again after that.
4: <laughs> you know what? That's good enough of as an excuse as any. <laughs> I probably 200...
2: 250 miles and your yeah your butt hurts
0: a lot after that
4: yeah yeah i don't think i could like use my legs after no. that it'd be jello awesome, not
0: awesome. Good. gentlemen thanks for the lighting around appreciate that and then uh so anybody looking to get a hold of someone over at conley brothers jay how do they get a hold of you guys or go to our <laughs> website we have a website Yeah, the website
3: is a good place and all the all the contact yeah. info is on our website and
0: so if you want somebody that's been around for a very long time and probably going to be around for an even longer time, reach out to the folks at Conley Brothers. Thanks you very much, gentlemen, for being on. Appreciate your time.
3: All right, guys. Thank you very much.
0: Yeah, thank you. Thank you, Jay and Tom, for spending some time with us. We love a good family business, especially one with rich history. So we have some exciting news coming up, some exciting things coming our way. Mike, what do we have? Steve Solving uh, has been working really hard behind the scenes to put together a Metro Southwest trade and construction show. You're going to want to save the date. It's going to be April 6th from 8 a.m. to 2 p.m. down at 181 Boston Post Road, West Marlboro, Massachusetts. It's going to be quite the event. We're going to have members there. Construction equipment is going to be there. Uh, they're going to bring in area high school students to that location and that let them uh, introduce them to some of the great opportunities that are available to them in the construction trade so april 6th 2023 8 a.m to 2 p.m 181 boston post road west marlboro massachusetts uh 01752 uh if you need more information you can reach out to steve sullivan steve at abcma.org what do we have for upcoming trainings so, we have a Hoist 1C2A Continuing Education
1: class coming up February 11th, 7 a.m. to 3.30 p.m. at the GCI ABC Mass. Ruburn office. It's going to be the last training of February, so make sure you sign up and get your spot before it's too late. As we move into March, we'll have our first crew leader class of the year, March 4th and 11th. You do need to attend both classes to be able to get the certificate. 8 a.m. to 2 p.m. GCI ABC Mass. Wuburn office. Then we'll have our next OSHA 10 hour for construction class, March 7th, 14th, and 17th. You do have to attend all three classes in order to get the OSHA 10 card, 5 p.m. to 8.30 p.m. at the GCI ABC Mass. Wuburn office. You can check out all of those classes and the rest of the classes we have up through June 2023 at gwgci.org forward slash events. And I'd like to take a second to thank our presenting partner, Skilled Trades Partners, as well as our new lightning round sponsor, RCL Mechanical. Mike, tell me a little bit about Skilled Trades Partners and RCL Mechanical.
0: Well, we were very lucky to have Skilled Trades Partners come on board for a long-term, multi-month sponsorship a few months ago. We're very happy to have them on board. They've been amazing to uh, work with, both Seth Chisholm and Mary Chisholm over there at Skilled Trades Partners. They are a skilled trades um, staffing agency. So if you need help in the skilled trades at your company, reach out to Seth or Mary Chisholm at skilled trades partners. And we are very excited to have Mark Mason and the folks from RCL Mechanical on as lightning round sponsors. And RCL Mechanical is a locally owned and operated business that has been serving the Taunton Mass area for several years. They prioritize customer service because they value the relationship with their customers. From installations to maintenance plans to minor repairs, RCL Mechanical can handle all of your home or business's plumbing and HVAC needs. So uh, Mark was a guest a few weeks ago and reached out to us and wanted to be a sponsor. So we appreciate that very much.
1: Be sure to follow us on Instagram, ABCGCI Coffee Break. Be sure to follow us on all the places you listen to podcasts, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Android Podcasts, Amazon Podcasts there's so many there's no way that i would be able to list them all out but we're on all of them so be sure to rate us five stars leave us a review makes us happy makes us smile and doesn't that make you happy to make your favorite podcaster smile until next week have a great weekend